0: very apropos song for the subject matter in which we're going to begin to look at this morning in our now concluding section of the armor of God and spiritual warfare. It's funny, this is one of the subjects in the scriptures that even when you finish studying it, you never stop studying it because you're living it. And so though we may in a few weeks leave this study we don't leave we don't we will never live leave the reality that we've been looking at for these many months so let's ask God's blessing and dive into his word father we we need you the song we have just sung is is true it's our reality every hour we need you Forgive us that we forget that. And forgive us, Lord, please, that for us not living like it, we have such spiritual amnesia. Even sometimes downright temporary insanity. Because we think we can do life without you. And we know we can't. That's why it's so insane. But Lord, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for your love that keeps bringing us back, keeps bringing us back, keeps bringing us back. And even in our singing, Lord, thank you for the good music that causes us to reflect upon Jesus, that causes us to draw near to you, that causes us to remember all of your blessings and benefits and gives us joy in you. Sometimes it convicts us as we sing, and that's a good thing. But Lord, may we bring our conviction to you and feel your loving arms and help us to learn. Help us to learn. So, Father, as we come now to your word, we pray for that that we would learn. That we would not just learn with our minds, though that's very important, but we would learn with our entire heart and with our lives that we would learn, Jesus, that we would be true disciples. True learners of Jesus, teach us and bless us and draw us near. Help us to walk worthy of the great name of him who has loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood. Use your unworthy servant to preach your word with conviction and power and joy as it should In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 18. Praying. Let me back up. Just keep that there. I'm going to back up and remind you of something. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, now verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. And let me just say thank you again, Bethany, for sharing with us. It was so good to see you, girl. And to hear what God's been doing in your life and through your life. You just made my day. Truly, thank you. And thank God for his mercy and power. For many of us, this is, now we're talking about prayer today. You got that, right? So we're all convicted. Let's just get that out the way. We all feel bad. We're all saying we don't pray. Let's just get that out the way. Get it on the carpet. Okay. You got it? I'm with you. Okay. Now, so, (laughs) I got to be honest with you. Prayer is like the, the national anthem before a sports game, before the Super Bowl. It's something we do. But it has nothing to do with what's going to happen on the field. It's a courtesy. It's simply a courtesy. I'm in there. Sometimes I feel like I pray as a courtesy. You know, I'm supposed to pray right now. Not that it has anything to do with what I'm about to do. Not that it's going to, not that I'm focusing but I know I need to pray right now I'm I'm about to eat you know I should pray right now because well I got a bunch of guys together we're sitting there we're going to talk we're going to do something we should pray you you ever feel like that am I the only one my goodness I am such a sinner you are so holy thank you I want to be around you all more often because I need you It's, 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 it's ludicrous you know, I've been, I decided to think about prayer a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And it reminded me of air support. You know, I like that. Prayer support, air cover, baby. And so I began to, I went, I went onto a site, I thought, think about what is air cover? And I came around, I came across this, this information something called close Air support in the military, CAS, close air support. It, it means to provide firepower power and offensive and defensive operations day or night, to destroy, suppress, neutralize, disrupt, fix or delay enemy forces Now watch this in close proximity to friendly ground forces. Close air support. So, you got, so, the, so the, the two sides of the battle are in close proximity, and air support has to come in, you know, firepower from the sky, from our ships, from our planes, has to come in with great accuracy so that you don't hit our troops. We, we're thinking about these things now with the situation in the Ukraine. War is in our minds. Horrible that is there, but that's where we are. And if we're drawn into that conflict, if that ever happens, I don't know, some of our loved ones may be involved. Who knows? But close air support is essential for the well-being of our troops. Has to be very precise. Because you don't want to hit your forces. This is the kind of support that we spiritually need as Christians as we engage the spiritual forces of evil in this present darkness. You see, the Bible says we are wrestling with them. So we are in very close proximity to the enemy and we need precise spiritual weaponry to make sure we hit the enemy And we don't get accused of friendly fire hitting one another. And we do hit one another. We need to get more precise. We need to pray. We need close air support from our Savior. So, what does prayer support like that look like? Well, we're gonna talk about that as we work through here. But how, and also, how can we bring prayer cover for the lives and work of our church? How can we bring close air support for the lives of our people and for the work of God that he's caused us to do at this church and around the world through people like Bethany and others that we support? How can we do it? How can we follow the... The orders of our commanding officer the Lord Jesus more precisely and more powerfully well here we go we're at the end of our study we haven't said everything about spiritual warfare but I hope that we've covered here in Ephesians 6 has been very helpful Paul has finished writing now about God's armor and now he comes to prayer now, keep in mind, he's been, talk, he's been praying all throughout the letter. If you want to go back and look it up for yourself, go to chapter 1, verse 15 through 19. Go to chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Go to, go to chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And even at the end of this section, Paul then says, pray for me. You get the impression that, that prayer was extremely important to Paul. Notice how much space he gives to talk about prayer in our text, as opposed to the individual pieces of the spiritual armor. He gives much more space to prayer. And keep in mind, y'all, he's writing to the saints at Ephesus, not to the saint of Ephesus. He's not writing to one Christian. He's writing to the saints. He's writing to all of them, plural. The call to prayer is a call to group prayer. It's called to body prayer. Without the neglect of personal, private prayer, Paul is calling us to to church-wide prayer. You see, because we're soldiers, and soldiers usually are not alone. We are stronger when we are together. We are stronger when we pray together. John Smed in his excellent book and ministry called Prayer Revolution says this, praying, especially praying together, is our means of experiencing the present ascension presence, ascension presence, and power of Christ. Now, that's not on the screen. But the idea, he, he's right. I know John. He's a dear friend, but really close to the Ellis''. This, this, I want to just say one thing about this, his work, and I want to encourage you to read the book. I really do. Prayer Revolution. You see, most books on prayer teach us about praying as individuals, and that's good. Encouraging… To, But prayer of revolution is about churches being ignited in prayer, which leads to revival. That's why it's so important. And we're going to do more of that here. But this praying together... Taps us in, as it were, to the, 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 the this ascension presence. That is, Jesus is reigning at the right hand of the Father, pouring out his blessings from that place, as it were. And when we pray together, Smed is right, it, it helps us group and as a group connect to that presence and power of Christ. And keep in mind something here Paul doesn't say explicitly. But it's here in the armor that the, because the armor brings us back to what Jesus has done for us time and time again, which means our prayer is to be Christ-centered. You see, if we're really relying on the armor of God, prayer must be crystal-centric. And that it means that we're seeking to achieve the purposes and the glory of Jesus as we enter into prayer. He is our great priority. His kingdom, what he wills, becomes the center of our prayers. Even as those prayers bring us great intimacy with God. So the first thing I want you to notice, that prayer is essential in our Christian life and warfare. Now, if you can remember back in the fall series, I showed you from the way that Paul wrote this great letter that spiritual warfare is the ordinary Christian life. The ordinary Christian life. This is not something that's like in the movies, you know. You know, you know, demons come jumping out of the walls and grabbing people and pulling them into into the, into purgatory or hell or something. That's not what he's talking about. This is ordinary Christian life. That's why the, the, he waits till he starts talking about the family before he leads the prayer. I find that very striking too. That it's only after Paul talks about family life, and that includes the relationship with the with the slaves in that family. It's only after he talks about that that he begins to talk about specifically spiritual warfare. Because, brothers and sisters, the ordinary Christian life is spiritual warfare, and that warfare will be centered in your home. Amen. 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 Two amens and a grunt. Okay. <laughs> Amen. So now that he now he approaches prayer. In this life war, he is showing us that prayer is essential in this fight for the ordinary Christian life. It's not optional. Can I give you a more literal translation of verse 18 as I translated it? Here you go. It begins with the word with, <laughs> with or through, with or through all prayer and supplication, praying at all times in the Spirit for this very purpose of keeping awake, that is, watching attentively with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Do you understand? It begins with the word with or through. So go back to your passage and look look again. I hope you brought your Bible. Go back and look at it again. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with or through praying at all times in the Spirit. You see? The word with or through begins the sentence, which this is important for it modifies all that Paul has just said about putting on and taking up the armor. This suggests that that all of the armor is to be used with prayer. Prayer is not part of the armor, but is essential for using it well in order to stand. And that's the goal here, right? The goal here that Paul keeps repeating is that we withstand. Stand, withstand, therefore stand. The disciples of the Lord Jesus only stand in his name against the attacks of Satan and his forces as they pray. Stand, therefore, in prayer. Here's the thing, saints we're only partially standing if we're not devoted to prayer. Think Think of how often we get tripped up. Think of how we don't see things that are right in front of our face sometimes. Think of how often we get sucker punched, The sneak attack comes up. Think about how often we lack discernment because, and that's decision-making. And we're so confused and so worried. And we make sometimes some really bad decisions, even though the word of God is right there in our face. Could it be that we're not connected, we're not fully standing in prayer? And if we are, if we would, we might find ourselves making better decisions sometimes. I'm wondering out loud Kevin Smith talking to himself you remember, remember the pieces of the armor I made the case early on that Paul's language has been misunderstood too often by, by us and we seem to think our, the armor is somewhere and we got to go find it <laughs> it's somewhere over there oh go pick it up battle stations. Pick up the armor. and Oh, 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 here, the, here comes the devil. Take up. See, we, I think we, miss, we misunderstand Paul's language because you have the armor on already. Remember, remember this. You already have the armor on. And again, how do I know this? Because you're in Christ. If you are joined to Jesus, he did not leave his armor in heaven to come into your life and now you have to go get it. If you are in Christ, if you're clothed with Christ, you are therefore clothed with his armor. What Paul's language is telling us is that we must depend on it. Stop depending on ourselves and learn more and more to depend on the work of Christ for us. So Paul is calling us to a lifestyle, a spiritual battle lifestyle of dependence upon what Christ has done. Now watch this. The way to depend on the various pieces of the armor of God is through prayer. Without prayer, we are not fully depending on God's protection. It's like having a bodyguard. And you and and I keep running away, trying to sneak out and have a good time and get away from the bodyguard. We're so prone to put our faith in our skills, our education, our knowledge, and our abilities we tell people, you can't depend on nobody but yourself." We tell our children that. So why should we pray? If I can't de- Trev, if I can't depend on nobody but me, why would I need to pray? I got this. We even say that. <laughs> I got this. So prayerless warriors of the Lord, I'm setting the stage, I notice it's convicting, it's convicting me, so join me in my pain. But we got we to gotta think about this, got to hear this. Prayerless warriors of the Lord are depending too much on themselves rather than Jesus in this spiritual fight. And the devil doesn't care how skilled you are. He doesn't care how smart you are. He doesn't care that you got a degree in theology or engineering or accounting. He's not impressed with you or me. The only thing that impresses the devil is Jesus. He's not even impressed that you're religious. Some of his best workers are religious and in the church. He's not impressed with us. What impresses him is the power of God and prayer. I'm learning, y'all. I'm learning. Prayer is key. I can't win against the forces of darkness that plague my mind, that plague this church, that plague my family, that plague this community and this city and this country. I can't win. I'm just not good enough. I need something more, more than me and more than you even. Prayer reminds me that I have something more. Prayer reminds me that I have God's armor, I have Christ's work on my behalf. And prayer says, go and depend. A dependent because prayer reminds me and it makes me admit, and I'm happy too, that I am helpless without you, Lord. I'm helpless, I'm powerless, I am not sufficient. Can you, you, can you say that? Is that too much for you to admit that you are not sufficient? that you are not enough. I need direct communication with my captain in order to stand against, as he Paul puts it, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Do you understand who we're talking about? As horrible, listen saints, hear me, as horrible as the war with Russia and the Ukraine is, as horrible as that is, this war we're talking about makes that look like peanuts the spiritual war in which we engage is much more damaging than the physical physical war is only a image of the true spiritual war that's sending people into eternity without help without hope there's something worse than dying There's something worse than losing your physical life. What does it a profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Do you understand? So, what Paul is telling us here is that truth shouldn't, I'm talking about the armor, I'm going through the armor now, truth should not be wielded without, power, without prayer. Because it can lead to pride or bad timing or even confusion. Righteousness cannot be relied upon fully without prayer. Because it would it could easily lead to self-righteousness. Because true prayer keeps you humble. You're not able to stand ready with the gospel of peace without prayer. Why? Because we fight, we have to fight for peace sometimes on our knees. Fight for peace on our knees. Faith will falter under enemy fire without prayer. Because God strengthens our faith in prayer as we call upon Him for help. Your assurance, helmet of salvation, your assurance of salvation will crumble without prayer. Because prayer helps us rest our confidence in His work for us when we start to doubt. And using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God in the Spirit's power is not possible without prayer. You can't use the sword, the Word of God in your own strength well. The Word is more than principles. It's more than just teachings. It is meant to bring us to a dependent relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Prayer is is running to Father. It's running to Father, saying, I need help. Prayer is running to Father, saying, I need resources. Prayer is running to Father, saying, I just need you. (laughs) I just need you in my life. I need you to come over and be near me. I need you to. I need you to. I need you to pick me up here because I fell down. The enemy tricked me. He tricked me. Lord, help me get up, and help me to be careful next time to not fall for that same trick again. Prayer is about conflict here in Paul's letter. We're not just just talking about intimacy in prayer, right? I want you to get this. He's not just talking about intimacy with God in prayer, which is very important and very key in prayer. Hear me say that, okay? This is conflict prayer. Spiritual warfare, this is conflict prayer. This is wartime prayer. This is prayer in the, remember, in the evil day. That you might stand in the evil day. This This is evil day praying. This is, this, is, this, is, this is prayer, and keep in mind something. You got to remember, read Pilgrim's Progress again, folks. Please do that. Yeah. Read it again if you haven't, if you've read it or haven't read it. Go back and read it. Oh I mean, my goodness, Bunyan was brilliant. God, God used him. Pray, prayer, 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 prayer reminds us that when we fall into the the, the the valley of humiliation or the valley of the shadow of death, which come back to back in Pilgrim, by the way, when, when you fall into those, it reminds us that you will go for you may go from trial to trial to trial you ever feel like that? maybe some that's where you are right now you're going from trial to trial to trial you you, you don't need five second prayer before breakfast you're going from trial to trial to trial You, 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 you don't need bedtime prayer with the kids alone you're in the fight, you're in a fight. And, and if you're not, you will be. You need wartime communication. You need conflict prayer. You need, you need close air support. You need to. Y- Y'all the only ones who live in, in, in walking in, in, in warfare. You, everyone else is having a good life. You are in a battle. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, you say, we're, we're, we're in it. And we, we, prayer taps us into the Lord's strength and might. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Therefore, pray. You see it? You see how it's connected? It's all connecting the dots there. If we truly are relying on the work of Christ and his armor, it is only because we have learned to pray. Prayer, as it were, fills up the armor. <laughs> And Christians in churches, help us, help us, Lord. They're not seriously, continuously praying. No matter how doctrinally sound we are, no no matter how uh, involved in community we are, these churches will fail eventually because we only stand in God's armor through prayer. Prayer keeps us coming back to God for his armor. Prayer is like running into the armory of heaven to make sure we have the equipment we need for spiritual fights. Isn't that cool? I love that. There was a a building, Sandy remembers, there was a building on Temple University's campus when we were there called the Armory. And it was huge. And and the temple had, had, hadn't really done much with that building. We were using it for archery classes. I took one of those courses. And I mean, I mean it was this big, vast building. It was so big and vast, you could, we're shooting arrows in there, man. And, and it, it, she's not saying, keep it low. It's, that's how high the ceiling was. We, and we were scrubs. you we know what we were doing. I shot my finger one time. That's another story. You know, so we're in there. It was huge, but it was called the armory. At one time, I'm supposed, it was a place that they kept weaponry. It was huge. God's armory is huge. He got he's got enough spiritual weapons and spiritual bombs and spiritual <laughs> torpedoes and spiritual whatever you need. Lock and load, saints, in the armory of God, not at your armory at home. Okay, man. Just make sure we're clear because they're watching online. Not trying to form a Christian militia. And family, this is the key witness of the American church. It's one of our key weaknesses. The prayer meeting has gone... The way of the dodo bird, the way of the dinosaur. We're too busy. We're all, you know what I'm saying? Here's what kills me. Every year, we're all upset about removing prayer from schools. Every year, you know, you hear somebody complain about removing prayer from schools. That's not the problem, that's never been the problem. The problem is prayerless churches and prayerless Christians. Right. Right. By the way, you do know if we ever get prayer back in school, it, won't, it cannot legally be just Christian. We'll have to open the door for Hindu prayer, Muslim prayer, um, Wiccan prayer. We, you do know that's against the law in our country for us to legalize only Christian prayer. What are we asking for? Saints, th- this is where we need to pray. And in your homes, in our small groups, this is where the prayer needs to be. We, don't, we really don't need prayer in schools. We need prayer here among the people of God. That's going to affect the school. Amen. Amen. You, y'all don't believe me? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's try it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Come on, let's humor me. We have to stop making excuses for not praying. Amen. Well, we, Pastor Kevin, we got—we don't have time to pray in our small room because we got—we got to eat, we got to eat food, and we got childcare, and we got. Pastor Kevin, I, I mean, I mean, no, listen. Oh, okay, I'm come on. Let me toss them out to you. I'm gonna give some excuses. Here we go. I've made some of myself. Why don't we pray together more often? Well, we don't like the format. Oh, we don't feel comfortable praying out loud. I wrote them down. It's boring. That's why these excuses, we don't come to prayer, we don't gather for prayer. We don't have time. See, if it's on Sunday, see, Sunday, I got to get ready for Monday. Or if it's in our small groups, well, we don't have time because we got to do all these other things. We don't have time to pray because we got to do all these other things. The truth is we prefer to vote rather than pray. I prefer to study rather than pray. We prefer to march and protest rather than pray. We prefer to start ministries rather than pray. We prefer to worry and complain rather than pray. (laughs) We talk and teach about how the gospel is to transform communities and cultures. And we're all excited about that, and yet we don't pray. Do you understand? You ain't transforming nothing. You and I will transform nothing if we don't give ourselves to prayer. I don't care how many com-div courses you took at Covenant College. If you don't learn to pray... we should do those other things, except worry and complain, of course. We should do all those other things I just mentioned. But we must saturate our actions with prayer, family. Saturate everything you do. Raising your children, pray over them. Can I encourage you, parents? If you go in your children's bedrooms and lay hands on their little heads and pray for them at night, gather the family together, pray for them. I don't, I don't, you're teenagers. I don't care. No, mom, I go for like, shut up. Come here. <laughs> I'm joking on that one. Grab them. Come here, I love you. <laughs> Lord, bless them. <laughs> Don't be afraid to pray for your teenagers. Don't be afraid, moms and dads, to sit them at the table and say, okay, I, I know you're busy, but you're not leaving this house until we pray. That's right. That's right. Don't be afraid to do that. Oh, we're pushing them away yeah, prayer is pushing them away. Um, Yeah, you're pushing them real far. Maybe you're pushing them into the arms of God by praying for them. Push them. (laughs) Push them. Family, we shouldn't do any ministry without prayer. We shouldn't feed the hungry without prayer. We we shouldn't pay anybody's electric bill without prayer we shouldn't dig wells without prayer we shouldn't do trauma ministry without prayer we shouldn't do community development or medical missions without prayer we shouldn't talk about racism without prayer we shouldn't mentor or tutor without prayer we shouldn't do ESL without prayer we shouldn't preach without prayer we shouldn't evangelize without prayer we shouldn't approach this city and 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 calling upon this city to do justice and mercy without prayer Don't raise your children without prayer. So, by way of introduction, Paul says prayer is essential to war. I said all that to emphasize what Paul is saying here. So, don't go out of here saying, I feel guilty. Uh, Can't Pastor to make me feel so guilty and bad? No, that's not my goal. It's to wake us up. It's to wake us up to what Paul is saying here. You've got to feel the gravity of it. The armor of God is the work of Christ, it's the work of Christ. Nothing can stand against it. But then Paul says, for us to depend on it, we've got to learn to pray. So listen, it's essential for living. It's essential for doing the Christian life. We've got to get over whatever it is that's keeping us from prayer. We've got to deal with it. i got to go to God and say, Lord, why do I want to get in my office and study so much and not pray? Is it because my sermon is where I get my kudos? So therefore, I'm going to put all my effort into the thing that gets me kudos— rather than prayer, which gets me no kudos. You don't even see me praying. But my heavenly father does. I want to tell your family, I want kudos from Jesus. I want kudos from Jesus. <laughs> I, want, I want the well done. From, if you none of you say well done, I want to hear him say it. More than anything else. Help me to pray. May God help you to pray. May God help us to pray and do battle against the forces of darkness on our knees. There's victory. His victory is there for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, teach us to pray. Paul gave so much time to prayer in this letter, and then at the end here. I know he did this because you led him to, because you are calling the church to pray. Father, at this time in our history, oh God, we are facing so many battles against the, against the church, against Christians, against the truth, so many battles are, are raging all around us. Lord, even within the church, we are being pulled and pushed. And, and we, Lord, teach us to pray. We can't win. So many people are just giving up. It's so easy to give up. It's so easy to just walk away. Lord, keep us from that by teaching us to pray and depend upon the armor of God and love one another. Help us, Lord. Forgive us for our failure. In Jesus' name.